What a run he had to prove. Fighting is supposed to be easier from outside the cage. As long as you don't have to run up and like nothing but Stone Cold Savages, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Um, I am so intrigued to get to this interview with JT. Um, so, for many reasons. Spoiler. Well, people probably saw the header when they clicked on this podcast. So they're probably, yeah, I don't like, think I've listened before I look at the title, dickhead. Why? <laughs> I think a lot of people are super surprised when they just click on willy nilly. They just go, I don't care what this episode's on. <laughs> JT's on. You ruined the surprise. Shit. I'm not listening anymore. <laughs> uh, no, we've, we've wanted to talk with JT about his amazing run at ADCC. So we're glad he's able to come on Uh spoiler. We, we hate to ruin the podcast. Uh, of getting there before we get there, but we got there. So, uh, Kev, you're excited. I'm excited. We're going to get to that in a few seconds, but I got to tell you one thing. Mm-hmm. When you go out to Las Vegas to train, okay? Okay. The people, they get very excited uh, to train with one of us. And the thing is, they always ask me, they're like, well, where's Kevin? And I'm like, you know, Kevin's just like, he's shipped up in a little protective box right now. <laughs> And we'll be back at some point. And they're just like, man, Kevin sounds like a lot of fun. I'm like, eh, I mean, a lot is hard to say, but Stop. he's fun. Yeah. And so now there's this like I told him, I go, what we need to do, though, is put a wait list out for people who want to roll with Kevin. <laughs> and I think there's a great way to monetize that, Kevin. So if you're really if you're starting to think like I am, do the business side. Couldn't and think. Couldn't agree more. Love where your head's All right. at. All right. Good. Well. <laughs> We have an awesome interview coming up. We're going to talk to JT Torres, but first we want to talk to you about our friends at North South Jiu-Jitsu Underwear. Raph, I will, spoiler alert, I've been jogging a little and I wore mine. You know, I just wanted to feel pretty. I wanted to feel empowered. I wanted to feel like my best me. I threw on some North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear. I felt secure, and I felt ready to take on the somewhat brisk Colorado fall. Oh, is that so, what that was? Yeah. It's, awesome. uh, it's not too cold yet, but it has its moments. I went for almost two miles before really hating my life, and almost two and a half miles before I was home. <laughs> so that was perfect. That's pretty good, uh, Kev. Made, I, yeah, I can't even, with fully functional legs, run two miles. So that's good. Well, the underwear. It's what made the difference. I strapped him on. I was like, I'm ready to roll. All of a sudden, I had a Usain Bolt-like quality, and I can't wait to try and perform a wrestling shot in them. I can't even imagine. Go to North-South Jiu-Jitsu underwear. Check out the products. Pick the one that's right for you. That's what I have to say. I have bad news for you, though. The mm-hmm. I don't think the wrestling shot's going to work for you. Like I don't think the underwear does that, to my knowledge. We'll find out. That's, All right. Uh, stay we'll, tuned. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to break ground. Now, we're going to go talk to ADCC gold medal champion, JT Torres. <laughs> People don't know about how nice this grappler is, I don't think, unless they've heard our previous installments, because we try and make him out to be a villain whenever we get the chance. <laughs> Ignore the cute French bulldog photos. Don't get taken in by the warm smile and the nice comments. The person we're interviewing tonight is a murderer. He's a stone-cold killer. 
JT Torres, <laughs> how is GQ's most wonderful grappler? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm just, uh, honored to be back on the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Well, you've uh, it's been a little bit since we talked. So last time we spoke, you were coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. You opened yep. Essential Jiu-Jitsu and Fitness after a road trip all the way yep. out. Uh, and then you competed at a little tournament called ADCC. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So now we have to be a lot nicer to you, I think. Aren't we contractually <laughs> ob- obligated? Didn't they hand you like a set of rules that was like, people need to be nicer to you? You charge more for seminars. Yeah, they do. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The prices went up. <laughs> prices. <laughs> now, the other question that I have is similar to that is, do we always have to say ADCC gold medalist JT Torres before every time we address you? Because that's a mouthful, and it takes a while to just be like, hey, JT. And it's like, ah, ah, ah. Okay. <laughs> no, you guys need to call me gold JT. medalist JT Torres. I have a question for you. Is that what we're supposed to do throughout this interview? Because it might add another like ten minutes to the interview. <laughs> no, nah, it's okay. You guys can just call me JT. Right. <laughs> He's if he says so, Raph. But I can already feel we're gonna hear back yeah. from his press guy. It's like you know JT was pretty upset with the lack of ADCC gold medalists <laughs> before his name. <laughs> I can already see that email coming. How's essential jiu-jitsu going? Let's talk about your academy first. Because to me, that's still nuts. You're busy. You're opened it. How are things at Essential? Uh, things at Essential are going great. The academy is growing very fast. The students are enjoying the training and the, and the, and the lessons that uh, I'm teaching. And they, they're just enjoying the entire environment that, that's going down in the gym right now. You know, Everyone's getting along. It's super friendly. And that's the way I intended it to be from the very beginning. So, it, and, and the student base is growing. It's growing. People want to come in and train, um, have fun, and, and learn. So, it's going great. And the pictures, if I could just comment so, your decorations. Mm-hmm. I, I want to just say, I yeah. like the flat-out Raph. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's you. great. I, I just want to know this. ADACC time comes around, and you've got these new yep. fresh faces. And is there a kind of thing where you look around and you go, Hey kids, I'm training for this like really big tournament. Who of you would like to be murdered? <laughs> or do you just have your crew that you're like, oh, I want this guy? Because the white belt who comes in on like August 1st has no idea. You you have to mess up his life. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I, I did. A, I think I did a really good job of keeping it separate and having a good balance where in the academy and, and, and in my schedule, I have a set time just for the for the competitors. And for those who want to train at a faster pace and at a, at a higher level. And then, you know, I have my, my, my classes for the beginners and for the advanced, for the kids. So um, I did a pretty good job at that where I kept it separate, you know, because I know, you know, training for ADCC is, is very intense. And if I throw someone who's new to jiu-jitsu into that sort of training program, it may scare them away. So, um, the guys I trained with were, were, were the, were the guys of the Academy who, who already were more experienced. You know, they, they, they already came in as purple belts, brown belts, and they knew how hard it is, or they, or they had an idea of how hard it is to train for a big tournament like ACC. And then, uh, I put them through the, through the training camp with me and, and, uh, it paid off. Which is a pretty cool bonus thing, just about training with high-level people. I mean, that's an awesome. 
Right, right. <laughs> we have to. Did the other people stick around? Did the other people stick around and then just look agape at like a being like, oh my god, what is this? Why he was smiling two minutes ago before he was teaching class, and now he's a murderer. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely some of my students saw a switch in me. Um, they're like, whoa, uh, you know, they, they saw me go from, you know, every day, you know, teaching and having the students do the warmups and things like that to being like, all right, guys, it's time to, to really go through the ringer right now. Um, let's train hard. And they definitely saw the difference. And, you know, some students, I'll be honest with you guys, um, decided they didn't want to be part of the camp towards the end. They're like, look, this is just too much for me. Um, I have to go back to the regular classes. Um, I even had, uh, I, I had some people just not show up again. So I think some people who, who wanted to be, who wanted to be competitors or, or had aspirations of being a champion, they really got an insight to what it really takes to be at the high level. And it kind of, um, it kind of, you know, put them in a, brought them back to reality where they really wanted to do this or not. But I got to say, there was a good amount stuck through with me all the way through. And those guys benefited off the camp too, because those guys, they raised their levels. And now I got competing in super fights, tournaments, Nogi world is coming up. So I have a, a whole crew of my Academy who are ready just to smash the competition scene. Now we'll, we'll circle back to that. And we have another uh, big question in terms of, how that was going at your academy. Um, but if we're being yeah. very forthcoming, and that's important for us to be here on the show, because that's how we keep our, <laughs> our authenticity and our credibility, if you would. I would 100% Absolutely. have to admit to you, JT, I would uh-huh. tell you, I'd be like, I will be there for the training. And credit to the people who stayed, at least for the one class, because I would find a way to like sneak out the back door. I would be 100% like injured. the first few like Seconds drills in and the first conditioning and then I'd wait till you like right. are actually training yourself and be like and, do, 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 and I'm <laughs> you wait for him to like get but, tangled up with the big guy okay so here's the issue that we take the most though right <laughs> here's the issue that we take umbrage with the most Kevin is going to explain his biggest qualm with you for okay. the ADCC tournament and a photo that we saw the day after okay. you won and you got back. Kevin? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Y- you post a message talking about how you trained in the gi for most of your camp. And I already take umbrage yep. with the fact that you're a good-looking uh-huh. grappler. That was kind of my thing. <laughs> uh, but to just be so rude to all of us and say you didn't even need to train no gi, could you explain yourself, sir? <laughs> well, you know, all you know. Ever since I started training Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I've always trained gi and no gi. Um, leading up to the tournaments, all, all throughout my journey, and um, especially now, so uh, owning an academy and running an academy, being a head professor, um, you know, some of my students are interested in learning in the gi and no gi. So I have going at the same time at the academy. So. What I did is, you know, all my competition classes in the morning were all no-gi, and then at night um, was all gi for the most So throughout my entire camp, I was training gi and no-gi. Um, obviously, my focus was a little bit more on, on no-gi, but I, I was training in the gi just as much. So 
And, you know, I've, I've always done that, though. I've always done that. That's why, I've, you know, when I hear people say, oh, I like ghee better, I like no ghee better, it, you know, I've always done both, and I love both, and I think they go hand-in-hand. They help your jiu-jitsu all around. So um, I recommend for anyone out there uh, who wants to improve their jiu-jitsu, I will recommend to train both ghee and no ghee at the same time. Okay, that sounds great, JT. But the minute after you win, one of the biggest <laughs> no-gi tournaments in the world. The, the biggest. It's the biggest. just like the rest of us who can't even do one of them. Just look at this and go, well, JT, right. <clears throat> now you're just showing off, young man. That's fine. I get it. And the, you, the best part is you have a beautiful photo of you wearing a gi, looking effortless, yep. and just being like, oh, Am I doing well in this ghee competition too? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love both. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I know you're you're a bastion of good faith and smiling and good style and great at ghee and no ghee. It's fine. It's fine. Um, uh, I'm the ambassador. All right, to let's the take this all the way from ship. the beginning because. <laughs> good. <laughs> No lie, though, I say this like every time, but my wife seriously does want to kidnap your dog because she'll see it on my <laughs> my phone as I'm scrolling through, and she's just like, "Oh my right. god, I want him!" And I'm like, uh, "I can't steal it from JT. Like JT will beat me up if I take his dog." And there's oh, really no man, recourse yeah. for any of this. So, every, everybody loves my dog, man. JT. He's the mascot of the academy. See? I mean, he's a good mascot. He's beloved he does adorable shit Trade and then essential. you Thank put that you. next to you wearing some like you put that next to you wearing some real like sleek like east coast fashion design thing that you've oh, put yeah. together whatever ensemble you felt that day with tons of swag and it's a lot to take in <laughs> so jt let's start all the way to the beginning okay so you you find out you know okay. you're going to be doing adcc you say that's a goal um yep. and i run into you at august like at masters yeah. worlds and you're yeah. in the middle of coaching and your kids uh, like, it's always great to see how they implement elements of your game that I can see in theirs because yeah. that's a hard transition to make, but to oh, really, yeah. really replicate your game is difficult. And so you and I have a great mode and you're smiling, but, but I see this thing in your eyes where I'm just like, when Kevin asked me, how's JT? And I'm like, Oh, he's ready to murder people. Like he is already just biding his <laughs> time up. for the next month. To pass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you were in a tough part of the bracket. So when that happens, so what is going through your head? And and tell us about the preparation that takes you to get there, sir, because uh, winning ADCC doesn't happen overnight. So you know you're going to be competing there. What does the preparation look like the minute you start? Yeah, so the minute I started um, preparing for it um, was one – a lot and lots of wrestling, a heavy focus on takedowns and the takedown game, um, defense and attacks. And then um, I would say the first two weeks, um, I just did a lot of sparring, a lot of no-gi rounds just to get, you know, uh, get used to uh, a, high, a high volume of training. And then after those first two weeks, I really entered into a two-month camp that was planned out between, uh, you know, my professor Gavao and I. And it was very specific, you know, which included strength conditioning, um, you know, lifting weights, a lot of track workouts. Um, and then, of course, a lot of specific training with different positions in jiu-jitsu that you encounter 
uh, quite often in, in, in a tournament like ADCC, which, you know, talking about takedowns and, and back takes and leg locks and things like that. So uh, uh, the training camp was very intense. But what was unique about this time around was I was also teaching full time. So I had to find a way to balance everything. And, and I did, you know, and, and it worked out for me. And, and I really credit that to being, uh, you know, or, or, or being able to witness Professor Gavao, how he did it at his academy when I lived out there for four years in San Diego. So it really gave me a good, uh, a really good um, outlook on how to do it here at my academy. So it was, it was very, very, very difficult. But, you know, I kept telling myself every day, um, that it was going to be all well worth it. And I had to give it all I got. And to be honest with you with this time around, I felt even more motivated to win ADCC, to train harder, to prepare better. Just because, um, I, I joke around, I, it's almost like I had a baby and I got dad strength and the baby was my academy. So <laughs> I had, I had more than my, I had more than just to myself to represent, you know, I was representing obviously my team, Atos, and now my academy, Essential Jiu-Jitsu, along with my students. I want to make them proud. Uh, I, I want them to – I want to lead from the front. You know, I want them to, to, to see how hard I work so I can inspire them to work hard, whether they want to be competitors or not. You know, I just want them to, to have a professor who they can look up to. And, um, you know, I know that, you know, winning didn't, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't make it any different, but I just wanted them to see how hard I worked. Um, and, and, and how, how much I gave into being prepared for the, a big tournament like ADCC. And at the end, winning it was even, was just even better, you know, the cherry on top. So, you know, like I said, it was the most difficult training camp of my life. It's the hardest I've ever worked. But, um, you know, I pushed through, stayed motivated the whole way through. And like I said, that dad strength kicked in. You know, I had my baby, Central <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu, to represent and um, let me see if I'm I'm getting this correct here. You are taking the pregnancy version of this and yes. saying you weren't just rolling for yourself. You were rolling for two. This is what I'm gathering yes. at this point. Yes, you're correct about that. <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. Pregnancy <laughs> ADCC. I just want to make sure whatever happens. Hashtag I'm using at the end of this is super accurate. Um, I'll play around with it. Now, as <laughs> right. that's happening, though, Kev, are you hearing the same thing I'm hearing, which is uh, Professor Galvo is still a major influence on the way you were training this way. Kev, did you kind of get that same thing? I, I don't understand why, though. It's not like Professor Galvo has laid out any sort of an example for ADCC domination. <laughs> no. I just think you might be a bad person to choose. <laughs> right oh yeah <laughs> and he you obviously have been a big part of his training competition wise he looks great yep. as always i assume he's just gonna yep. do that forever super fights uh i mean it looks like he's only getting better you know it's it's uh he doesn't so he's, he's not showing any signs of slowing down anytime soon so the guy's just uh the total animal you know total savage <laughs> yes and you had to fight some total savages. Can you talk us through the I, bracket? You fight Lachlan and then Kelso. I mean, yeah. What, what stands out to you about those two guys as you're fighting? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, 
when I, you know, when I saw the entire athletes division, when I saw all the athletes in the division, I knew it was going to be a tough bracket, no matter how the brackets played out. Um, but when the brackets did release, I said, Hmm, it, I, I, my opinion, I thought I had the hardest side of the bracket. Uh, yes. Um, I and, agree with that. And, and, and one of the tough, toughest paths to gold, but, um, you know, I've always told myself that, um, you know, everyone that I fight, they're just another name. Um, and they're human just like me. And there's, you know, we're equal. We go out there and we see who the better man is that day. But, you know, I saw the brackets. I saw that I had Lackland and Celso, Celso second fight. Um, and, you know, it was my mind. My mind didn't change. Um, I still went out there with the same approach. I knew I was confident because of my, my the way I prepared. My preparation to leading up to the tournament gave me the confidence throughout all of my matches. Um, I knew they were going to be tough, but uh, I, I truly believed in myself uh, this past championship, you know, this past ADCC, I truly believed in my skills and my gas tank um, and my takedowns and my entire game. And, um, you know, and I think one thing that really helped me this time around too was my experience. So, you know, guys like Lackland, I knew that um, he has a tricky game. I've competed against him before. Um, and, you know, he, I know that him and, and Greg Jones have been working a lot on the leg lock game. So, I know he attempted a heel hook or two on me. And, you know, like I said, my experience in these different positions really helped me out big time. Didn't panic whatsoever, defended and made sure to attack and get to my positions to win the, the win the match. And uh, I was able to come out on top um, via points in that one. And then my second fight was Sosinho. Um, once again, I've competed against him before with the Guion, where I was able to be, uh, come out with the victory. Um, and with the Guion, and then with uh, with this upcoming match, I knew he was going to be a lot more explosive and harder to control. But like I said, you know, I, I really prepared in all aspects of my game, and I was able to dominate him on the feet with takedowns and things like that. And then even once we hit the ground, um, I had the upper hand, and I came out there with a, a referee's decision. Very tough fight. Um, but then again, it's ADCC. Every fight's going to be they're super tough. tough. You know, yeah. it's the best guys. Well, yeah, they're all tough. Suggestion for two years from now. You could put the gi on. Just be like, hey, come on. Let's, uh, gentlemen's agreement. Let's throw the black belts yeah. on and, uh, get a gi match. I'm just throwing it out there, obviously. Oh, yeah. Uh, you oh, yeah. 100% shouldn't take my advice. So, <laughs> well, well, doesn't. I guess just to interject, though, don't you get some sort of Jedi Council sort of vote now that you've won one of these things? Can't you sway things and show up and say, like, JT Torres, uh, 77K, G, whatever that way it is. I don't even know. Um, I have a suggestion. Am I allowed to wear the gi? Just the gi top? No? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I just maybe. thought I would. Yeah. <laughs> What a statement for Atos. <laughs> we'll work on something ADCC. more worthy than that. But I'm sorry, Kevin, you had another question. Oh, JT, <laughs> you would never do this. You would never do what I'm about to suggest. But I want to know okay. if it crossed your mind. Okay. In your next match, you would defeat Gary Tonin. Known yeah. for his no-gi and his shit-talking. Have you contemplated yeah. an Instagram post where you circle his name and then yours at the first and put America's best no gi grappler and just published it on Instagram. Has that, that crossed your mind just yes or no? Uh, 
to be honest with you, it, it hasn't crossed my mind. Uh, you know, I, I know I've I actually known Gary for many years now. Uh, we, we I've competed. We competed against each other back in uh, 2010 um, in the ADCC trials, and um, you know, I you know we're both from New Jersey, from the East Coast, and um, I know he's very good with the with the trash talking and things like that, but. You know, it's never been really my style. I've never really played into it. And to be honest with you, it's never really affected me um, when people have written things about me online or anything like that. In that sense, I'm almost like a robot. You know, it, it's, I, you know to be honest, I don't even see it. I'm not really on social media like that. Um, but um, uh, it, it hasn't crossed my mind. You know, I, I, I let all my, all my talking be done on the mats. That works I guess you. Oh, you alluded to something there, and then you kind of countered it, but it was making me think, <laughs> who is talking shit about you? Yeah. Like, I don't see it, and Ray I'm Holes. online all the time, and I, I look <laughs> for it, and I look try, to try and find some alliance of, like, people who don't like you, <laughs> but they don't <laughs> exist, dude, because even after you beat Gary, Gary was the biggest part of your fan club, and uh, yeah. you can verify this because we know Gary lies a lot. But he told us <laughs> that as soon <clears throat> as you beat him, you said something to the effect, or he said something to the effect of, you know, if it's not going to be me, I want it to be you. And, and you work so hard for this. Did Gary actually say that? Or was he just trying to be a nice guy sounding for a change? No, Gary really did say that to me. He came to me uh, right when we were receiving the medals at the podium. And, uh, you know, he did say that to me. And, um, you know, I think that's just, you know, just the respect of, that we have for one another. You know, I have a lot of respect for Gary. Um, I think he's one of the best competitors in the world. He's very skilled. And to be honest with you, uh, I enjoy watching him compete. And I think he's excellent at what he does. And I'm actually very excited to see him compete in MMA now. I feel like he's signed to UFC. But, um and, you know, I think, you know, that same respect I have for him, he has the same respect for me. And uh, we both respect each other as, you know, competitors. And he did say that to me, and I really did appreciate that. It meant a lot coming from him, you know, especially coming from a competitor like him. So, no, he did say that. And uh, Gary's a great guy, and I have nothing but respect for him. Do you realize, and again, I know you said you're not big into trash talk, but that was your golden opportunity right there. To really crush so him nice. forever. Just and so I mean, nice. it would have been so great if you would just shut him down and been like, I'm sorry, I can't hear people who didn't podium all the way up here. Oh, I guess it could have been an opportunity, but like I said, it's not really my style. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a quiet guy. Just live a little. That's all I ask of you is just everybody knows gary's the worst and you can have respect for him in secret and then you could totally deny the story on our show but like <laughs> the fun part about gary telling us that story was you know he went on he put one status update against you or about you and it was very very nice and i was like that's a very good thing he put a second one that's just like and another thing about jt is that he's this good guy and i really was rooting for him and i'm like okay again Gary, that, that's fine. By the third post he put about you, and I was like, Jesus Christ, Gary, get a room, dude. Like, <laughs> I get it. At this point, I know we're all fans of JT. We all want him to do well. But you're, you're laying it on a little <laughs> thick here. And he tried yelling at me about that. And I was like, I'm not having any of it, Gary. You're the one that's going a little overboard. Um, but, of course, how is it that you were 
able to stuff Gary because you did such a good job. I mean, uh, the big you you touched upon it, but I think such a great thing that you've always been able to do is is great passing with explosiveness. But I think one of the things that you can add to that is you said that you were focusing on your wrestling, and that seemed to be a difference maker. Was there something that I was missing, uh, and how was it that you were able to implement that to beat Gary? Um, you know, in ADCC, it's a very wrestling. Uh, base tournament, in my opinion, you know, um, you know, they front a pound pulling guard, you know, a certain portion of the match, you know, you get penalized for pulling guard. So they really want to see, you know, takedowns being implemented. And, um, you know, this is my third ECC I competed in. Um, and like I said, the experience that I've had, you know, I've, I've learned that that is needed to become a great, uh, competitor in a tournament like this. So I was able to use it against Gary, um, uh, I know Gary's a very tricky competitor, um, but you know I did my homework. I did my research on all the competitors I was going against in the in the bracket. I studied film, studied videos, and I had some game plans in mind. And um, you know, playing smart and using my experience to my to to my um, you know to my advantage. So with Gary, I was able to you know get some good takedowns on the feet. And uh, you know, I feel when you when you uh, take someone down, it really changes the momentum of the match. And, uh, and uh, you know, especially for someone like me, I prefer to be on top. Uh, I feel I have a very good top game and a good bottom game too. But um, like I said, I think, uh, you, especially in ADCC, they usually see the top man as winning. So um, yeah. I try to be on top and, uh, you know, I use my passing and my positioning to avoid his leg lock entries. And um, I was able to come out on top in that match. I don't even know the words. It's just so cool to see it in the fast, quick environment. And you sort of explain it as sort of a, a standard match, but tons of excitement. Like there, there was just so mo- so much movement in your division. But to me, what's yeah. nuts is that you get past Gary Tone and you have to face Lucas Lepree. And that just fuck oh, yeah. that. Fuck off. Like, no, thank you. I don't have that. <laughs> you were talking about like what it takes and the training. And it's just like, this is not an okay. You fought Lachlan Giles, and you said his name way cool, too. Uh, Celso, Tonin, and then it's like, oh, and what's your reward? Lucas Lepre. So that'll be fun. And then the two of you, it's just because uh, you two have pretty similar games. I don't know if that's yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. We butt heads a lot when we when we when we compete against one another. You know, we do have very similar games. He's a top game player. Uh, so am I. He's a good guard pass. So am I. So uh, when me and Lepre do compete, we do bump heads a lot. Um, but but yeah, like like you said, you know, it was one tough bracket, especially my side of it. One world class competitor after the other, and then the finals, I find myself against Lucas Lepre. It's tough. What's your game? Do you, well, I guess you've already talked about who you fought and who you haven't, and you had a pretty good idea about these guys. You have a pretty good idea about him. Strategy yeah. the same? Do you think you have an edge in a few positions? Are you trying to take it a specific place? Um, because it's uh, a 20-minute match now, so it's longer too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah you know, um, definitely um, – the game plan was a little bit different. You know, this was my this was my first time making it into the ADCC finals, and the final match is a lot different than the first three matches where it's a twenty minute match, and then the first ten minutes there's no points. So, um, you know, you can try to dominate position as much as you want, but there's not going to be any points. Um, 
So you have to be smart in that, in that sense too, because you don't want to go crazy and then you're super tired for the last 10 and then you start giving up positions. And then usually when you give up positions, you're down on points and you get, you know, you, you panic, you make a mistake and you get submitted. So, um, the game plan was definitely, um, to, uh, dominate the, the match on the feet, on the feet and, um, where, where I'm down, you know, um, you know, wrestling is very tiring. I think, um, if you're not used to wrestling and, 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 and hand fighting and things like that, um, it's a whole different cardio than jujitsu is. So my main focus throughout my entire camp was wrestling. Um, actually I wrestled before I did jujitsu. So I've been wrestling, um, you know, throughout my entire grappling life. Um, obviously hasn't been my focus jujitsu has, but you know, I've always had a good basic understanding of wrestling and a solid foundation in my game. So I was able to implement that in, in the finals and uh, really push the action on the feet and ultimately it led to my victory. You know, I, off a takedown, off a single leg attempt, I was able to take his back, get my two hooks in, score, and uh, become the champion. I was just about to say, I was like, I thought you won via back to- Sure, takedown. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry. I'll just, uh, <laughs> I, I won't fact check you anymore on your matches. And I want to make a promise to the Verbal Tab listeners, I'll never do it again. Uh, the, even the beginning of the note. <laughs> Uh, the, did you go to the after party? Um, I did not actually, I was so tired from uh, making weight three days in a row. Um, just, you know, all the emotions that go through you when you're competing, um, especially when you win, you know, like I was just like, I was drained physically, emotionally. I was just drained. And, um, so actually what I did that night, instead of going to the after party, I stayed in the altar room with, uh, my roommate Keenan and, uh, we ordered some pizza and we just ate pizza and drank sodas and went to bed. <laughs> okay. okay. Let's, <laughs> let's discuss a few things here, JT. You, you know, I can't criticize you for your grappling because I'm in no place to do that. I can, however, make some observations about achieving okay. a goal and then having the most womp womp party I think I've ever heard. Like, you sound <laughs> like a child who gets left alone in their hotel room and it's like, I don't know, we could do a lot of crazy stuff like order some pizza. And I think mom and dad will be mad if I like have a soda. So let's do that too. Like, <laughs> that was your celebration there? I, I swear to you guys, that was my celebration. Yeah, it was. <laughs> You didn't even pour champagne. Granted, I understand. Keenan. You have to cut to make weight, so I know that's a celebration. Yeah, yeah. I had to make weight three days in a row, which was it was tough, um, but it was worth it, though. Were you close weight wise, even as you came in? Uh, yeah. You know, when I first arrived in Finland, I was probably like five pounds over, and then you know I slowly made my way down. And, but, you know, the whole camp, you know, I was super focused the entire camp, you know, uh, training and also eating-wise. So my weight was pretty much on point throughout the entire camp. I was always floating right around um, the weight and, you know, I, you know flying um, and then, you know, you know, flying to a different country and, you know, you know, different food. You know, I gained a little bit of weight once I got to Finland, you know, on the plane. But, you know, I was able to work it back down. I had to be very careful. And, um, you know, I was able to make the weight no problem. How did you gain weight on the flight? To my knowledge, I don't think you, uh, you do that. 
I don't think flying makes you gain extra pounds. So what happened there? Um, I think just uh, eating and then just just sitting still for seven hours, retaining some water in me. Oh, I got it. I'm um, sorry. You're right. Do that, Not training ever. like an obsessive beast for, for like a 40-hour period. It must have really taken you off your thing. Oh, Raph. JT, uh, this is important <laughs> to me because I know – what's that? It's like when uh, Kramer goes on the sleeps 20 minutes every four hours. On the Galval plan, you have to grapple for 30 minutes every five hours, even at night. They have a clock set, so that's that's just what they do. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Kevin, I mean, it does seem consistent with that in that like when I went to go shake JT's hand, he already was getting a, like an inside grip to get an arm drag on me. And I was like, bro, bro, I can't at your level. You need to, you need to stay a firm distance away from me. Um, but I, I get it. I understand it. But, but JT, this is a question that I know so many people who listen would want to know. And it's a little bit of a backtrack, but you said that you were adding so much more wrestling to your game. And I noticed that with people at high level competitions or that high level competition level, it's so draining to do that. How are you not overtraining when you're implementing wrestling, which as you mentioned is very difficult and you're inserting that into multiple times a day for training. How are you looking out for yourself for a long game when that's happening? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you know, just uh, listening to my body was was uh, was something that I really, really took a grasp of this time around. Where in the past, you know, my body would be broken down, and I'll be like, you know what, I can't be a I can't be a punk, pushing through it, and I'll push through it, and that's when I'll usually get sick or injuries. And you know, I did sit out for a little couple for a couple months with an injury. I had to go through surgery and all that. So this time around, just being a little bit more mature, a little bit smarter, a little bit more experienced with training, um, I, I knew when to, you know, let off the gas pedal a little bit when my body started, uh, you know, really, really feeling the, the, the side effects of overtraining. Um, because the truth is, like, you're always going to probably overtrain when you're training hard for, for a high-level competition. You just got to know when to take your, your foot off the gas pedal and really listen to, your, really listen to yourself, you know? Um, um, and that's what I did. That's what I did. And, and, you know, wrestling within, within itself is a grappling art. I would have days mm-hmm. just dedicated to just wrestling. I would do some training sessions where there'd just be like, okay, just takedowns. If you take me down, if I take you down, we stand right back up and we start again. No grappling, uh, or I'm sorry, no submissions, no jujitsu right now, just straight wrestling. So I had some dedicated days to just wrestling and, um, that helped me too. All right, please tell me not in the gi. Mm. You're wrestling okay, and in a singlet. When you say right? that, though, <laughs> at <Yeah>. least <laughs> just trying to make sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the gi, it was more judo. Okay, okay. <laughs> fine, Raph. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, Kev, he's just going for extra points. At this point, he's just like, oh, and I also I threw some strikes in there. I did some combat jujitsu. <laughs> Um, there was a little Sambo in there. I, you know, guys, when you're good at all the martial arts, it's just, it's easy. <sighs> See, I, I like the way that you impose that where you work wrestling all the way through. I know if I'm listening to my body yeah. and somebody gets like one takedown on me, I'm like, and I've listened to my body and I'm done. 
You got that takedown. That was very good. Wrestling practice over. It's like, crap, we just started. I know. I know. Good job. Um, no, I, I really, because that is something that is a major concern. And I just want to be clear on this. Everybody comes in and they always say, you never come in 100%. Were you at all injured yeah. on this? Were you, uh, for the most part, okay? Like, this is what I'm always hoping doesn't play a factor. But now that it's in the past, I would like to know, did you come in at 100%? Um, you know, like you said, and I agree with what you said, you're never really coming in at 100% when you're, when you're training that hard. Um, you know, I had some, you know, little bumps and bruises there, but um, honestly speaking with you guys, I had nothing major that was holding me back or, or hindering my performance. Um, other than, you know, the, your, the normal, you know, you know, little bumps and bruises here and there that you get in jiu-jitsu, but... Um, yeah, you know, I, I felt I felt very healthy for this championship. Felt very good. Uh, this is something that I want to know because you've been to the dance before. You've yep. you've seen it. You've come so close, and as as Gary so eloquently put it, you know, for whatever reason, it felt like you never got your due. Like you never fully right. for the the t- the caliber of grappler that you are, you would always get something that would go amiss, something that just wouldn't right. be right. What right. for you? was the differential factor because so much of the game is mental, but what was the yeah. difference in the mental game coming back from say, maybe podiuming in the past to winning it? Um, you, you know, um, I would say the thing for me was belief, you know, um, having that, that, you know, everyone says, everyone always says that I believe in myself. But do they really believe it, or do they, or do how much do they really believe in themselves? You know, um, you know, I'm sure competitors have some sort of belief in themselves. But this time around, I had 110% belief in myself that I can do it. And in this, in, in the tournament, I, I found myself in some bad positions at some points where I could have easily just been like, oh, you know, well, you know, it was a good run, whatever. Uh, but you know, I fought very hard because I truly believed. I was, um, I, I did everything I could to be the champion. So, um, that, that, that's what I said made the, was the difference maker for me. I, again, it's, I'm glad that you acknowledge that everybody says that they want to come in and win. And it's that, that pureness of like wanting it more, you know what I mean? Right. Um, right. but it was just so interesting because. You find so many people, this is their first ADCC, and you can get overwhelmed. Uh, you know, when yeah. it's your first opportunity under the big, big scene, it, things can change. Um, but it oh, yeah. is interesting to hear that perspective because you've been there, you've seen it, you've gotten so, so close. And then for this year to get it, having heard you say what it was that was the mental difference maker, what was yeah. the rewarding feeling? How did it feel afterwards? Did you feel a sense of completeness? Like, obviously, you weren't going to have a good after party. So take me to the exact moment. <laughs> it actually it actually hits you that you have accomplished a dream and you were going to forever and ever be known as an ADCC champion. Oh, man, it was it, you said it, it was a, a, a feeling of being complete, you know, where, um, you know, I finally hit the ultimate goal that I set out to reach um years and years and years ago and you know i remember just just sitting there for a few seconds after they raised my hand like wow 
you know, I did it. I did it. I did it. Um, I finally did it. And I remember, you know, I walked off the mat. I hugged my professor. Then I walked back into the, like the, you know, they had like a little area for the competitors to warm up and go and be, you know, go back for, you know, in between their matches. So I went back there and, you know, I, I broke down in tears back there by myself. And I, I cried like a baby for like 10 minutes just um, because it was just a sense of relief as well. Because, you know, um, I remember throughout the training camp, I would, I would, you know, there was days I was waking up at 5.30 in the morning to go teach class at 6 a.m. or uh, 6.30 a.m. Then I would sleep at my academy. I would sleep on the mat, um, wake up, um, do the competition training, which was grueling, two-hour training sessions. And my academy is on the second floor. And, I, you know, my air conditioning system is not good. So my training sessions were done, like, in 90-degree weather every day. Then I would take a nap, go strength conditioning, come back, teach the kids, then the bigger kids, then the white belt, then the advanced class. And I did this for weeks on weeks. And I remember just sitting there telling myself, um, you know, praying to God like, to let this all please be worth it. Um, because I was, I was literally almost killing myself. And uh, working, I had such a huge workload. So after I won, after I had my hand raised, you know, it was a sense of relief that all that work I put in paid off. And, um, you know, I, and then of course, you know, happiness, you know, pure happiness. Um, um, you know, I've always been, uh, not saying that if I didn't get to title, I wouldn't be happy. I've always been a very happy person. And, um, you know, I've up to that point, I've been very, uh, happy with all my accomplishments and everything I've done in the sport. But like I said, to get that ultimate goal checked off, um, is, is the cherry on top, man, you know, and, uh, um, it, it just feels amazing to be part of history now forever and ever. And, um, you know, it's, uh, couldn't be happier. And well, I just want to point out, and I know that you, uh, thank you for your honesty on that. That is so great. Um, I want yeah, to, yeah. you know, you kind of duck under it when you're like, Oh, and then I kind of like went to go cry for like 10 minutes. No big deal. I just want you to know something. <laughs> UT. Um, there are two acceptable times to cry in life. Uh, number one is when you win ADCC, and uh, the second is at the end of Terminator 2. <laughs> so if you have one of those, you know what I'm talking about. The minute the thumbs up goes, if you're not bawling, you don't have a life. You don't have a heart, <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, but JT, uh, you know, like you mentioned, you, you, you now are in the history book forever and ever. There's a famous question I like to ask the guys who I work with and who... I see accomplish great things. And it's something that I love asking them after they've accomplished something or big tournaments come up. But I'm curious what you would say in response to this. But what's next? Because you accomplished something so great. And I know you're not done. In fact, if you said you were ever going to retire, I'd pull you uh, away and kidnap <laughs> you. And I would force you to get back out there. But uh, I'm so curious to know what is next for you, sir. Um, you know, as far as, a, as a comp competition goal, um, what's next for me, my next goal is to win the world title with the Gion, you know, um, get that double, get that double gold, you know, Gi, uh, get the, you know, I have the ADCC title, no Gi, now I want that Gi title, um, coming up in June of next year. So that's my next goal. Um, and then besides that, you know, you know, I want to continue growing my academy, growing my business, 
and also investing in my students. Um, it's, uh, you know, also investing in the competitors. You know, I have we have Nogi Worlds coming up. I won't be competing in Nogi Worlds, but I have a good handful of the guys who helped me also at the entire ACC camp that they're going to be competing now. So my main focus is on them and creating some world champions of, of my own. Okay. All right. Those are good goals. I like those. Um, you said the magic words. I'm going to still be competing, which fine. We're okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I really don't just want to make sure we, can, we continue ever... to see you compete because, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think I could ever stop competing, man. Uh, Are you going to be uh, like Megaton where you're just going to continue out there even when, you know, you're young enough to make it to Red Belt <laughs> where we're going to have to, like, <laughs> wheel you out and then, like, dump you and then you get your competition on? Uh, you, probably. You, you guys would definitely see me fighting in the World Masters, too, for sure. You know, I'll be doing it all. Oh, uh, Now, JT, here's an interesting question that I want to know because we were trying to get you on uh, a while back. And obviously we wanted to talk with you about ADCC and, uh, you know, I mean, cause here's the thing, uh, I know other shows have you on, but, and I don't fault you for that. I don't hate you at all for that. I'm jealous (laughs) when you go on other shows, that's fine. It's no big deal, (laughs) but you do feel like there is a big groundswell of you watch one of your homies accomplish a major goal and, Uh It's so nice when you can sit back at your TV and you watch him and watching somebody accomplish something that's so major is a lot of fun. So we wanted to get you on period for that. But then there was this added bonus of you were supposed to fight Benson for fight to win. What the hell went wrong there? He he got an injury because uh, I need you to walk us through that because that was super disappointing to to a lot of us because as much as I I given a lot to see you run through your response uh you know i was super bummed out um i was supposed to be against benson on friday night and then wednesday night i get a message from the promoter telling me that benson pulled out of the out of the fight due to an injury and i was so so upset you know i was really looking forward to this match um i think it was going to be a great match for the fans and, um, you know, he's an explosive competitor. Um, he's got a, a, a great following in the M- MMA world. Um, so it's going to be a good fight, you know, a really good fight. Fun one, too. Um, but, you know, he said he pulled out due to an, a rib injury he, he had in his last MMA fight. And I guess it's just, you know, he hurt the rib again. But I was just so bummed out because it was so last second. It was, it was pretty much, the, you know, the day before that, you know, they told me he pulled out. Um, and you know, it just, it didn't end up happening. So I was really bummed out. Uh, I was going to be the main event too. And in, in the first fight to win card in New York, you know, I had my entire, I had a whole, a whole squad there of my students and, and, uh, you know, friends. So it was just going to be a great night, but you know, bummed out didn't happen. Um, they said they, they said that they want to make it happen sometime in the future. If Benson would still like to do a match with me, I would love to do it. Um, like I said, he's a, you know, I'm, I'm actually a fan of his, um, I would love to have a, a match against him, but hopefully it happens in the future. We'll see. I saw that picture. I want to say like the week, maybe 48 hours after you had won ADCC. And I was like, damn, JT's having an amazing week now. Mm-hmm. I guess he's probably already been signed up <laughs> for this, but fuck. 
Now he's going to get to beat the shit out of Benson Henderson. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> uh, that was just my what? assumption. I, I don't see him submitting you. Right. You, he might be tough. I, right. Well, not might be. He's definitely tough to submit. I just don't see him submitting oh, you. Brad, let's make it very clear. We're fans of Benson. Okay. Oh, big. But Love is We can have too. a preference and look like, look who we're talking to. Okay. Yeah. But look, he's just, not submitting just JT. Look at this man's <laughs> passing and tell me Benson has something for that. And you know what? He might. But I'm just saying, <laughs> if you look at statistics and the facts, which we tend to, you know, right. JT's a little hard to contain. So I'm just saying, <laughs> no big deal. Benson, all the respect in the world, but I wanted to see you get worked by JT, who is a friend of the show. <laughs> Benson, if you want to come on the show, we'll be your friend. And we'll say how much we hate JT when you come on. It's, it's a reciprocal thing. It's how the podcast works. And try us. I mean, really, this is the test. Like, for real. Just come on and see what happens. Um, so anyway, I mean, the nicest part about seeing that, though, JT, and I know it was heartbreaking, but I feel like when you see those things happening for you and you see that people like Benson Henderson is, is interested in a match um, and you're a yep. fan of his, I keep wondering, yep. are those things in the future, you know, and, and are there, and you don't have to tell me what, but are there like super fights that have been talks because once ADCC ends and you have a little bit of recovery time and you get some t- time to focus in on the school, have you been hit up for super fights? Um, I have, I have, you know, um, there's definitely people who want to do super fights and, um, but, um, you know, at this point, you know, um, you know, I, I, I want to have matches against, uh, you know, I want to have big matches and, you know, I, you know, a match like Benson would have been a great match in the sense that, you know, he has a big following in the MMA world. He, he, he was the former UFC champion. And, um, you know, I want to fight guys like, like, like that guys who have, uh, who are champions in their own right and jujitsu, MMA, whatever it is. Those are the guys I want to fight. But, uh, he's a fun grappler too. Like, and he's a, and he's a fun grappler. He'll charge. Even though you're dangerous. He's like, "Eh, let's go. Let's roll. And, and I know, know that we just talked a bit of shit, but I want to make it very clear. Um, I have a high degree of respect for people like Benson who do show up at those jujitsu competitions. That is a rare right, breed right, yeah. because people talk like they love jujitsu. But when I see him actively competing, I think to it. myself, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's I a totally different agree. beast when you see some of these MMA guys who are like, oh, I do my jujitsu. I like it. And you're like, but do you do you actually love this? Do you want to be doing this consistently? Right. Um, having said that, and you seem to be alluding to this. I don't know if this is true. So I'm just leading the witness here. But. Uh-huh. Doesn't something like Submission Underground appeal to you? Because it seems like they're trying to merge those two things together. Now, you don't have to tell me yes if you've been in talks with them, but blink once if you have been, and blink twice if you have not. I just blinked once. Okay. <laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs> He's right. so honest, he even tells people. I know. Ram gives him the like, easy <laughs> auditory, and JD's like, hear what I was doing. It's like, he's just... <laughs> <laughs> I've never been just, uh, choked out by you, but I assume you whisper, I'm about to rear naked you as as you do. I just assume that. <laughs> I'll ask some opponents. I, I, I believe we have some references I can cross-reference that way. There's uh, a long list of people he's fought. I can okay. definitely say that. Um, well, okay, JT. I mean, you're right, and I don't know what we can do to help put the names out there, but let's just, you know, let's just say right now, JT... 
I know we're going to take Benson out because he's rib injured. But if there's somebody you right. could have a match with right now, that based on whatever criteria you want, money's good, all that thing considered, who do you want him to be with and why? Uh, Tony Ferguson. Ooh. Sign, uh, sign me up. I want to watch that. I'll pay it. I'll pay the fee. What's okay, okay, but that's the second part. Why Tony Ferguson? Um, you know, I think he's uh, well, he's the champ right now, the interim champion right now I mean, in the UFC. Champ, use the quotation and, marks, but sure. <laughs> he's one of them, and uh, he's he's uh, he's got some nasty submissions, man. He's got some nasty submissions in the MMA world. Um, he just recently got his jiu-jitsu black belt from Eddie Bravo. And um, that's right. He's an exciting guy. He shows up. He fights hard, and uh, I think it would make a great match. You know, especially you know with you know a lot of these super fights merging MMA superstars with some jiu-jitsu champions. So I think it'd be a potential uh, great matchup for the fans and you know for MMA community and the jiu-jitsu community. Just okay. he doesn't have to cut weight. Just add that stipulation. I think you're gold. He's ready. To, yeah, he's ready to roll. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're probably around the same size because he probably fights 155. So I'm assuming he walks around 170, or maybe somewhere uh, around there, which is about the same as me. So um, I bet anyway. he's rocking 30 pounds heavier than you I, on a casual the last Wednesday. Time I know, the last time he was doing his weight <laughs> cut, which by the way, they were very clear on how they were doing behind the scenes. I think he did uh-huh. cut somewhere in the neighborhood of 30, but I would say the week of he was somewhere around 175. Um, the nice part wow, is, okay, okay. The nice part is, you know, there's an edgy Braj who, yeah, you know, I'm not saying listens to our show, but people who know edgy listen okay. to the show. So, <laughs> you know, that'd be a great thing. I think JT, you like us are going to listen with bated breath to find out how many times Conor McGregor is going to duck Tony Ferguson before we end up seeing that match because Dana seems to suggest that that's going to be something that's going to happen immediately. But I have yet to hear it from the source himself. I know that Conor McGregor has put up a photo that just said Tony, but we don't know when that's going to be. It could be December. It could be next year. It's whenever Conor wants to call a shot. So if he does not call the shot, you better believe there will be a text from us or at least a tweet or two. That immediately puts out Ferguson versus JT because I think that would be a fascinating. He doesn't match. want to step in the cage, Raph. He could get injured again, so it's a great time to head on over to grappling while he waits. Stay, right. stay sharp, yeah. work on some other skills. And you know, Edgy could yeah. even co-promote it. I mean, obviously, we get the rights because we put it on our show. But like, <laughs> it sounds like a fascinating match that could be at an EBI. I'm just spitballing, Kevin. Yeah, it could be good. It could be good. It could be good. You know, we'll see what happens. All right. All right. Well, we put it out into ether, so you can't take it back now. <laughs> now it is. Uh, <laughs> well, I want to say this. JT, it's always fascinating and, and wonderful talking to you. I love the fact that you've got guys coming out here for Nogi Worlds. Tell them to come say hi to me. I'll be uh, out and uh, saying hello to everybody there. Are you not coming? Are you just sending out your team? No, I'll be there coaching. I'll be there coaching. Excellent. I'll be there. Excellent. That is that is wonderful to hear. Then you will come say hello. Uh, I already Absolutely. know your your young Padwan one uh, Stephen Ramos is coming out this way. So yep, yep, he is. He is. <laughs> I I don't enjoy him too much. Uh, again, 
Mostly because I know you're teaching them all the ways of jujitsu, and that's fair. just wrong. It's not cool. It's just not fair. He's a wrestler. He doesn't need to know that stuff. Nope. Right, right. Um, but anyway, okay, JT, can we go ahead and take care of any sponsors before we get you on out of here? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to give a huge shout out to Tatami Fightwear. You know, was taking care of me. The Armbar Soap Company uh, and the Monkey Tape uh, Monkey Tape Company and. Uh, you know, all my students over at Essential and my professor over at Autos and, uh, you know, thank you, Professor Gabal, for everything. And, and, and huge shout out to, to all the fans and the entire Jiu-Jitsu community. I appreciate you guys all. Uh, I have to say this. I wanted to close out the interview by doing this, which is there was and I alluded to it earlier, but it, it's truly great to see your homie uh, hold it down. And in this foreign world. <laughs> in a a continent or two far over. I don't know exactly where you were, but I know you were far. They showed me on a map and I was like, I I still don't Uh know where that is. But I love the fact that we could sit down and we're friends with you and we're so stoked to see you accomplish a dream. But I think I speak for so many other people who both know you as a a top-notch competitor, but an even better human being. Uh, When we say congratulations, but an extra special bonus for being an American and bringing home a title because... When I was writing an article and I said that you and Gordon were only the eighth and ninth American practitioners to take home gold at this tournament that's been going on for 20 years, it does tell you how remarkably hard it is to do what you have done. So there was a great groundswell of, of love that I hope that you picked up from the fans who were so excited for you uh, to not only get what, what you had been working so hard for, but in a much different degree to represent the United States so well, dude. And whether that's a factor Absolutely. or not that you feel, uh, I hope you know it is something that is definitely very uh, – it permeates throughout the grappling community here in the States. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's always an honor. And, um, you know, that, that it was definitely something that I was super proud of to be the first American to win a title at the 77 kilo kilos, uh, division. So it's something that I'm always very happy to represent and just show the growth of jujitsu within the Americans. That's excellent. And Kev, I know we alluded to this earlier, but I want him to answer one last question before he leaves. Yeah. All right. My last question, JT. Okay. Okay. We still have no idea how the absolute works. Okay. <laughs> I, Nobody I knew does. that was where this was. Like. It's one hundred percent the right question to ask. <laughs> when that happens, still do upset. they approach you? Do they say like, "Hey, you won. Do you want to do the absolute?" Um, does that even remarkably happen? Like, I don't know. Um, you know the way it happens. Um, you put you put you if you want to fight the absolute, you let the the event promoter know at the at, in the venue and um, they randomly pick the names uh, that go into the ADCC uh, absolute division. So that's how it happens. There we go. Did you want to be in it? Um, to be honest with you, uh, after I finished competing, <laughs> I did not. I just wanted to go uh, eat and I went down to the, to the uh, where they had like snacks and stuff and I bought like four hot dogs and I just pounded a huge uh, huge Coca Cola with four hot dogs. <laughs> see, you see that as a detriment. I see that as a strength. What if you compete better under those circumstances? It's unbelievable. I, 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 Listen, I got a, I've got a Craig Jones who we interviewed a couple weeks ago, Mr. ADCC himself, and I'm asking oh, yeah. him, like, "Hey, dude, you did a pretty good job." 
And he's telling us that there was a moment when he wasn't going to do it because he was drinking a beer. And you know what he did? He decided to do the absolute. Granted, only after he was told that it would be somebody like Chelsanen and not Buchecha, which is a different story into itself. But he did it. And I'm just saying, JT. Yeah. That could have been you. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't care how tired you are. I don't care how important this is. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, uh, as fans, we obviously love the extra opportunities to see you. I just knew, uh, and I was guessing, but I wanted to get it confirmed before we let you go, which was you were probably white. Obviously, it's one of those things where it's a lot of emotions. It's a lot of everything. But oh, yeah. we still don't understand the absolute process having had all the <laughs> intel that we could possibly get. I'm more confused still, than when we started. I, you know, I thought I, I knew somehow more. Somehow I, I know less. <laughs> well, anyway, JT, I think we've we burned enough questions for you for the day. Uh, we want to say thank you again, everybody. Essential BJJ or Essential Jiu-Jitsu? Which one is it? Um, you can do either or. Essential Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. All right. Go ahead and check that out if you guys are over on the East Coast. Obviously, we look forward to seeing you over at Nogi Worlds. And JT, again, congratulations. All of the best to you, man. Uh, you know, it's very, very uh, a cool thing to see. But more so, I know that uh, the minute you finished it and you got back and I could see your students do that big little, uh, little party that they threw for you to surprise you when you got yeah. back, I know that that yeah. means just as much, if not as equal uh as to the championship itself because it definitely proved that you were able to uh open your own gym and accomplish one of your big goals so you birthed a child and then you ended up getting a title i guess is what we're going to tell you i guess until your next massive world stage accomplishment we'll uh we'll see you again in (laughs) six to eight months i I don't know what's next yeah 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 you guys will see me very soon excellent the court order says he has to come on our show every every six to every milestone yeah yep (laughs) anyway I'll i'll be here excellent ladies and gentlemen the one the only jt torres Ref, that performance coaching that Andre Galval brought in for podcasts, mm. especially with a comedy nature that he has all of his fighters go through, is really starting to pay off for JT. I'm just going to say it. I think so. I think he, you know, he puts them through a grueling work ethic and uh, regimen to get them ready for podcasts like us. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining if we were in speech camp in any way, like Galval runs. <laughs> Like the way he did here, like preparing for ADCZ. It's sort of, uh, fantastic interview, as always. JT yes. gives us some insight. He trains at a top level. That's something that's interesting to us, where he's been, the different places he's fought, and now as he you know, ventures into starting essential jiu-jitsu, has people traveling to go fight for him. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's an unbelievable journey. He's a fun guy to talk to. But, you know, one thing I think he kind of lied to us about, Raph. What is that, Kevin? I have it on good authority. He was wearing a KO Sports Gear singlet when he was in that wrestling practice. I know he doesn't want to say it. So I know that's he doesn't why wanna... you were asking about the singlet. I was. Though, right? I was trying to find out if he wore a specific brand, if he knew of anyone. And no, we can't confirm Because the thing I'm this. thinking, though, Kevin, is and I look I'm at him 
I look at him competing, and I'm thinking that's amazing that he's out there at ADCC. He's amongst some of the international best. But wouldn't he have been a little bit better off if he had worn a singlet that said USA on it? Oh, my God. That's genius. Yeah. And then everyone mm-hmm. would have known he was like in the number of gold medalists he was, like number nine. That would have been amazing. Yes. So I just feel like when you see something like that and you see quality gear from KO Sports Gear, because Kevin and I both have those singlets. We can attest they're badass. And in secret, so does JT. He may not say it, but he's training in the singlet. We can prove, I think. We're pretty sure he likes singlets. We know that. We're pretty sure about that. And we're pretty sure if he were to wear any singlet, he would probably wear the ones from KO Sports Gear. But we can't prove that, according to our lawyers, who say don't say that fully. So... If you guys are so interested in picking up the singlets that myself, Kevin, and maybe JT Torres all wear, you're going to want to go to kosportsgear.com. Kevin, what can they get there? Everything. I really am so pissed. I can't trade in the Nogi shorts. I was, I was just like, damn it. I like this uniform setup. Plus, I just want to casually be like, you know, KO Sports Gear, obviously. I don't want to get excited about it. I want to, like, play it cool. Mm. This is great gear. Get everything. And if you want to match us, the Magic Dragon Gi. That's your choice. Put in verbal tap in the code. Put in verbal tap in the code. Absolutely. It's good stuff. So make sure to go ahead and do those purchases there. But, Kev, I want to continue on as we go to shoutouts. Yeah, I was going to say that's going to do it for us tonight. Raph, God, look at you rushing. Everybody's whoa. Hey. Listen, I brought up something at the very beginning of the show, which was I went to Vegas. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff to cover here, sir. Can't wait, by the way. And. You must have you. I see the pictures of you training, and I assumed you were there for work. And you were like, "I'm here on vacation." It's like seemed like you at seven jujitsu gyms. So I guess that makes sense. No, I went to only three. Sure. I was on vacation. I was with our good friends Ed and Kelly, and I was having a wonderful time. Those are made I up must... people that he uses to go play jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was it was a great time, and I want to go ahead and shout out my gym. So I'm going to go first today, Kevin. Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and shout out. Let's shout out first and foremost, 10th Planet Las Vegas. Dowell has a team of about 20 to 25 people who show up on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 6 a.m., Kevin. Damn. By the way. Now, let me tell you something here. I ended up getting a flat tire on my way there. Now, a lot of people would freak out when you get a flat tire with your actual car while on vacation. Mm-hmm. But Vegas is like a second home to me. So I was not about to let that sour my experience. If anything, I saw I had a flat tire. I was able to make it inside the parking lot of the 10th Planet Las Vegas facility. And then I said, well, I guess I might as well go train because it's not getting any more full doing this. And I was blissfully happy the entire time. I cannot tell you how many of those great killers they have there who are being finessed for the next generation. And I have a few shout outs in particular here. Uh, one to our good friend, Mike Zaki. You may remember Mike Zaki was on the uh, show Tough Enough. He's amazing. When he saw me, he recognized me right away because we bonded when it wasn't open the last time. I don't want to name names. Andrew Rom, who wasn't awake to open up the gym. Not a big deal. <laughs> Zaki and I became BFF right then and there. And when he saw me, Kev, you know what he said? Hey, Jeff. No. Well, he looked at me and he goes, oh, hey, it's Raph. And Doel, the instructor of the class, goes, you know this guy? And he goes, yeah, that's Raph. He's from 
verbal something. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's it. You got that's it. it. That's and it. And I have to say, Dewell was doing a good job of like, he stopped the class. He looks over at everybody. Everybody laughs. And he goes, guys, I cannot implore you enough to go and subscribe on iTunes to verbal uh, and I look at it, but like, how bad are all of you at plugging my shit? Verbal tap. <laughs> it's at verbal tap cast. It's not that hard. If you literally type in the words verbal tap, you'll probably find my dumb face. <laughs> so anyway, to the great people over there, we got to spread some jujitsu. I got to train with a whole bunch of people there. They're amazing. Thank you guys for opening your doors to me, not just once, but twice while I was out that way. I got some incredible training. And I want to tell you, it was a truly fascinating moment. With a young man named Sai. And I've become familiar with him. He's all of what, eight, nine. I don't know exactly how old he is. But I've seen videos of this kid train. And he's a killer. And his mom couldn't have been nicer to me. She was coming up to me and she's like, oh, it's so cool that you're training out this way. And I was like, oh, you guys are so nice. Um, and she looks at me and she goes, hey, my son didn't want to like go out of his way. But he's a little shy now. But he wanted to ask you for a photo. And I was like, oh, my God, Absolutely. So I take a photo with her son. I'm like, you're crushing it, man. You are killing it. I rolled with him. He's amazing. And I go, hey, you know, I always kind of do something fun with the the people I take photos with. Do you want to, like, beat me up in a photo? And he just goes, no. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, how good is this kid when everybody else takes advantage of doing that and says, yeah, I'll beat you up. Adults. Anytime I say, do you want to put me Oh, and you're putting me in a move. Okay, great. This kid. I think he thought it through. Nope. And in a truly adult response, said, no. So when he did that, Kev, you know what I told him? What? I was like, kid, you, you can do it. It's it's totally fun. It's just for fun. And the mom goes, why don't you put him in a twister? And he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> there it is. Damn. That Had kid put me right in a real good twister. And so uh, kudos to him to proceed it. So to young Cy, I hope you continue training and crushing it. And to everybody else at that gym, again, thank you very much. And I also want to give a big shout out to our good friends at Cobra Kai Jiu-Jitsu. That's Jerry. That's uh, Rodrigo. That's all the guys I was training with there. I want to say something in particular about two people, though. Damian Nitkin and Shane Shapiro. Those were two people, Kevin, who said that they were going to show up for training. Ask me if they did. Did they? They did not. Oh, wow. So Reputation those, precedes you. They must know. Those fake motherfuckers. They're ducking you. They were ducking me, sir. And I told them they were taking two L's on both their records. And those are two people who like to look at their records and know for sure that they are beating someone like me and they could if they had shown up, but they didn't. So they take the L's. So to you, Damian Nitkin and to you, Shane Shapiro, I say shame on you. Shane. Boom. Got him. Couldn't anyway, <laughs> I want to make sure to tell you guys, thank you to Vegas. Thank you again, Ed and Kelly. Thank you to my lovely wife for a nice little recharge. I always love going out to uh, meet new people and train out that way. I also want to give shout outs to my home gym, of Valley Martial Arts Center and the Los Angeles Jiu-Jitsu Club. Amazing training happening out that way. Uh, For VMAC, they have a tournament coming up for white and blue belts. It's very low cost. It is on December 10th. You guys can find out more information about that at valleymac.com. Go ahead and sign up for that one. It's going to be badass. And to our good friends at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, um, great stuff happening there. Training Monday through Friday, 8 a.m., We hope to see you guys there as we then turn our attention 
to getting ready for Noki Worlds. So that's what I got for you guys. You're deep in it. I was I love I was very jealous of the Vegas one. I saw the ten PL I was like, God damn it. <laughs> oh, that looks fun. That's fine. No. Yeah, okay. That looks amazing. Anyway, uh jealous I couldn't meet you out in the desert for some high plains training. You know it's at altitude, Raph. I've heard that. Um, I mean when you train at any 10th planet gym you're definitely training at being well we high you get it i do and uh okay. yeah i'd be more on it um brandon mccatherine's back to one his one minute hacks by the way showed some osp him. i'm gonna shout out that man is always pushing the education so i'm gonna throw mine at some bmac we love him and his videos are spectacular one minute of mm. jiu-jitsu you will not be upset that you saw these And that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight.